That's some sensational catch. Absolutely brilliant from Hooper. Was hit back firmly by Maiello. Hammered down the ground. It could fly all the way for a maximum. It's going to soar into the sky. That's the six they needed. That's 50 for Forbrush. What a knock that is from him. Outstanding striking. And that six brings Guernsey back into the game. Could be a catch. Oh. What a catch. One-handed grab. And that's Josh Butler, the captain. Oh, my days. We have been treated to some catches in this tournament. Welcome to Guernsey Cricket's podcast. I'm Ben Furbrush, Cricket Development Manager. And on this podcast, we're going to be chatting to players old and new, coaches, administrators, and hopefully a few other cricketing keen beans along the way. Welcome to the podcast, Ollie Tupp, the new uh, performance coach for Guernsey Cricket. Thanks, Phillips. So, thought I'd catch up with you, um, give the listeners a little insight into who you are, what you've been up to. So, if we go right back to the sort of start, uh, where you first started out, schooled in Guernsey, uh, Elizabeth College. Same one as you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, how was that? Good. Uh, Guernsey breakfast, bro. You know that. Um, yeah, I... I uh... I sort of I was quite keen to leave Guernsey, I think, as I when I when I grew up. Um, but those feelings have uh, decreased <laughs> as, as I've spent a few years away. Um, so yeah, um, on reflection, I probably enjoyed growing up a lot more than I possibly thought I did uh, in Guernsey, and uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, so you obviously played a bit back at school. Uh, what were you, a batter, bowler? Oh, I was a, a bit of a ropey ropey batter. I never quite. Um, <laughs> managed to sort of play for school for a few years never quite scored many runs um, looked right a few times probably uh, especially a bit younger but um, no I think quite quickly switched switched to coaching yeah what sort of age then did you think you know maybe playing wasn't for you and, and coaching was more of the option oh I think I think probably the year after school um, I think all my sort of friends and, and at school, we sort of just got pushed to go to uni and do the thing we were sort of best at, at school, uh, which for me, I did A-levels in physics and maths and further maths and chemistry and all that stuff. So I, I think I sort of decided that quite quickly after school that I actually didn't really want to do that, even though that was that was what I sort of got the best grades in and stuff. Um, so I had a year out and did a couple of coaching qualifications and sort of ended up getting quite lucky from there, really. Yeah, so it's at uni where you sort of started your, your first uh, coaching role with Loughborough? No, so I, I coached a little bit before that, actually. I, I left school and didn't go to uni straight away. Right. Um, so I started off coaching the, the Surrey age groups and did a bit like the Surrey under 11s and, and stuff like that. I lived in Guildford. Uh, then I coached the Oxford uni team, which was my first sort of... Um, First experience, we played a couple of county games and stuff like that, which, which I really enjoyed, um, but wasn't quite didn't really know what was going on at first. Um, and then after that, went to Loughborough, coached the uni team, which was a really good standard, and did my sports psychology degree at the same time, and sort of went from there. Yeah, so that, and at Loughborough, it was uh, coaching the ladies as well as... Yeah. Yeah, yeah as well as we the had the, the Loughborough Lightning, which was the sort of Kia Super League team, which doesn't exist anymore now because I've gone... 100 ball stuff um, but that was that was a cool experience obviously the, the standard of women's cricket there was was higher than anywhere else in, in, in the country 
team when we were in training there. Um, so that was that was a, a sort of new experience of, of coaching women's cricket. But yeah. I mean, that must have been amazing as well. Being at Loughborough, like you said, is sort of England's uh, winter home of cricket in the winter. Uh, the facilities are unbelievable. I'm fortunate to be up there actually. Jamie Nussbaum used to be a student up there, so okay. he was at uni at Loughborough. So I did visit. And yeah, it was a little bit envious of my uh, Gloucester uni days, which uh, wasn't quite the same. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like, sort of, I'm of the opinion that winters are pretty rubbish as a cricketer wherever you are. But if you're going to be anywhere in, in the winter, it might as well be Loughborough with, with the facilities. And, and you've got, yeah, like I say, you're probably sharing, well, we were certainly sharing that that hall with the England women most of the time. So the England men are away all winter anyway, so they're very rarely in it. But um the women and the Lions were, were there a bit and some fast rolling programs and we got a, a tent with a load of pitches outdoors uh, for a couple of months over the winter um, and, the, and it was good for the, good for the players because they got a few opportunities to be able to, you know, players who were playing for the uni team on their first contract and they were getting opportunities to come and bowl at England batters or, or teach to England bowlers and, and face England bowlers and stuff like that so it sort of worked out well networking wise for players and coaches yeah, and, and with that, who was sort of in the Loughborough team then? Is there anyone that's going oh, on to make it? Yeah, we had um, we had a, my first year I was at Loughborough. We had a really strong team, um, and we ended up. I think that, you know the, the six uni sides that play first class or that did play first class yeah. cricket at the time sort of got bashed a little bit for not really competing and, and should they shouldn't they have first class status? But that the first two years I was at Loughborough, we I think we competed actually really well. We had what was effectively you know a first class side. Just by luck, really, we sort of a lot of players in their second or third years who would just ended up going on to, to have really good careers and, and are still going. Um, so we had Hassan Azad and Sam Evans, who both played for Leicestershire, and Hassan Azad did the leading run score in Div Two or quite up there in his first yeah. year, just gone. Um, James Bracey, who's just been named in the thirty man England England side for the their training. Um, like Mitish Kumar, who was captain of Canada and played in the Caribbean Premier League. Um, oh, who else was Sam Cook, who yeah. opens well of Essex now. Um, uh, we had a couple of guys who, who'd, one guy who'd had a contract for Knotts and, and sort of got released, but again, he'd played, he'd scored a 100 against Bangladesh, I think, in a, in a Miss Day game. Um, and a couple of other guys, again, who'd, who'd had contracts and maybe left school taken three years of their contract and sort of been released and were trying to come back to Loughborough to sort of try and gain another contract. And so it was a really strong side that almost, I think we scored about 500 against Northampton at one point, uh, which is probably the highlight. Yeah, I think three, three of our guys scored, scored first-class centuries. Um, so yeah, it was a good, as far as the university cricket goes, it was a really strong setup. Yeah, and then from there, you obviously went on to uh, Wellington Firebirds in, in New Zealand. Uh, how, how was that? It must have been a great, great experience. Yeah, that was cool. I took a year out from, from studying, had, had an opportunity to go down to, to Wellington and spend seven or eight months out there. Um, yeah, that was, that was just the lifestyle, I think, of Wellington yeah. and cricket in New Zealand really, really suited me. We, first taste of proper full-time professional cricket and, and the standard is, you probably don't think of the standard of domestic cricket in New Zealand as being as high as it Perhaps is, but you know, there's only six teams. There's probably not quite the, the depth of players that there is in county cricket. Um, but the standard of, of the six teams that, that I saw was, was really high. And just the attitude as well. The players over there are sort of contracted for seven months a year. So they, 
how cricket over here, or they could get jobs in offices. But they, I think, as a consequence, they love cricket, and they just have such a such a good attitude to, towards training. Yeah, so that was actually part of. Um, <laughs> obviously, I played the Sussex Premier Leagues as well, and actually, one year, uh, Jeet Ravel was the overseas pro, so he was opening a test test match batter, opening the batting in test matches, coming down to Middleton to play against us guys uh, in in his winter off. Um, so yeah, it's quite interesting, like you said, and I think there was also another stat that he, he actually went to work the next year um, yeah. as an accountant, uh, while Steve Smith was getting paid more <laughs> from his sponsor than Jeet Ravel was actually getting for being an accountant in the winter. Yeah, we had a, a few accountants, I think, on our side, and it was weird, obviously they worked, worked over the winter, but they, they kept working part-time in the summer, so we would finish a, a, a morning of training before a first-class game, and be in the showers and the changing room, and one of them would put a suit on and stay off the office. So um, it's kind of a weird, a weird lifestyle. I think to guys playing county cricket, they think it's a terrible way of doing it. And yeah. then equally, you speak to guys over there, it's completely normal, and they think, well, how do you get, you know, how could you possibly get set up for a life after cricket if you're not doing that? So I think it's just whatever you used yeah, to yeah. really. Um, but no, I, I, I love my time in New Zealand. Yeah, uh, with Wellington and Firebirds, you work with Jimmy Neesham, um, yeah. to name. A big name there. Anyone else? Yeah, that was... <laughs> you just asked me to name them. <laughs> How many names? Um, oh, yeah. I, the guy I probably learned the most from was, was Gene Patel. Yeah. Um, he was just on another level in terms of his, his knowledge of the game. Um, and he's gone on to obviously work with the England Spinners as, as yeah, a yeah. consultant and coach. Um, he was probably the only guy who I would be working with a batter and you know these guys playing international cricket and we probably have three or four of them who were in the current setup and another few who are either future New Zealand players or, yeah. or have retired from international cricket. Um, but I always sort of felt I could hold my own coaching coaching with them and talking cricket with them. Jeet was the only one who would who would come into a batting session I was running and, and say something and I'd just sort of throw my hands up in the air and go, what's the point? You know, <laughs> I'm never going to know as much as you and, and he was just on another level to I think everyone um, and, and it wasn't just me that felt like that I think, I think all the players and, and the coaches as well just recognised that his knowledge of the game was was unbelievable but being lucky enough to sort of go for breakfast with him a few times and you know pick his brain and yeah. that was unbelievable um, yeah a few other players really Nisham and Patel and then probably guys you who were again you might not have heard as much of that might not be household names but guys like Tom Blundell yeah um and he's played a couple of tests. Yeah, he's yeah. scored that century in, in yeah. the boxing test most yeah. recently. Um, another guy, Devin Conway, who's just been named, sadly, yeah. but just qualified and he's just been named in their squad. He was our leading run scorer for, I think, in every format pretty much over the last couple of yeah. years. Um, so, yeah, like I said, just a great learning experience and a great lifestyle. Yeah, and then following the Firebirds, did you go back to the UK work with Loughborough again? Yeah, I, I, well, so I went back to the UK... Um, summer, summer 2019 it was a little bit of time in Loughborough sort of part time dipped in and out and then a bit of time with Northants as well yep. um, just more as a sort of got in touch with their coach and, and just came and came down for a few games and a few training sessions and, and flicked and just used it as a learning experience really but again can't can't claim I've coached any of their, play, any of their yeah, players because yeah. it was a bit more of a, a learning experience for me but again the standard player very different, like I say, attitudes from, from domestic cricket in New Zealand. But um, yeah, well, equally, we have players um, like Temba Bavuma and 
Richard Levy and guys who um, you know, played international cricket and IPL cricket and scored all the runs and taken on wickets and, and then genuine county stalwarts if you like guys like, guys like Ben Sanderson who probably most people haven't heard of but averages 20 or something with the, with the red ball in county cricket and, and has taken a lot of wickets and I think the sort of the grind of county cricket was a bit different from, from how it is in New Zealand there's a lot more games and a lot more grey skies and yeah. <laughs> travel days but um, yeah again another good another good uh, experience yeah, and then from there on, you returned back to Guernsey, uh, January sort of last year. You started with us, yeah, uh, as performance coach, sitting uh, beneath Andy Cornford as head coach. Um, first thoughts being back on island. Yeah, well, I like I said, I've, over the the course of my years away from Guernsey, I think I sort of I enjoyed more and more the idea of coming back at some point and. Again, similar to New Zealand, really, the sort of lifestyle of being able to, especially, especially this time of year, just being able to do a few one-to-ones or a training session in the morning and go to the beach in the afternoon, go paddleboarding or, or something like that. Um, and and the opportunity to travel to sort of weird places that you wouldn't, wouldn't think of with cricket. Like we had a, obviously, the situation in the world has sort of been postponed, but tournaments in Finland and or Spain or, you know, going to places that you wouldn't really think about. Um, really appealed and, and again I think that people underestimate the standard of the cricket I've seen in associate national cricket has, has been really good and you know, compete with club cricket or you know, the odd few guys here that play second level cricket county cricket in the UK um, and I've mentioned knowing guys who play associate cricket in Canada and stuff like that and they've been unbelievable players so I think people probably don't give associate national cricket the credit it, it maybe deserves in terms of the, the standard and yeah and so obviously we had our first game here probably three weeks ago uh, we were a little bit ahead of the curve of, of covid um and our exit strategy so uh, yeah we had our first social distance match uh, what was your thoughts on that i think it was like 105 played one oh yeah it was a six sort of, for sort of four or something yeah. in 18 overs obviously yeah. good, good to get back outside but it wasn't that free was it It was a bit of a used pitch and guys were sort of a bit rusty but um it was oh, it was just fun to be involved in cricket. Like I said, the only place in the world probably at that time that was playing cricket. Um, a few more games have been played since then, but it was just I think the thing for me is the sort of the opportunity to have projects and you do your one to ones over the winter and your training sessions with players, and that's worth it when you see you have the sort of the payoff of games in the summer. Um, I think part of what attracts me to coaching is having those projects to work on, and you see. Well, many jobs where you do an hour or someone and you see a genuine improvement in that, yeah, in that yeah. hour. Um, so without those games in the summer, it can turn into a bit of a, a grind, I find, but it's always good to get back outside and keep the game. Yeah, so um, obviously those games were streamed live on uh, YouTube through the European Cricket uh, channel. Uh, and that's actually one again tomorrow. Um, so this is being recorded on, the, on Friday, uh, the 19th. Um, so yeah, another game tomorrow. Are you look, looking forward to another game? Yeah, of course I am. Um, I'm sure my social media message requests will fly up again <laughs> with, uh, with all the streaming going on around um, around the world. But yeah, no, like I said, it's just nice. It's a lovely sunny day. Hopefully the weather holds. Um, that should be really fun. Yeah, and then in terms of your sort of uh, ambitions for Guernsey, 
you know, where do you see us going in sort of the next two, three years? Um, oh, it's, it's something I haven't thought about in a while with, with the sort of situation. I'm just looking forward to getting out as a, as a Guernsey side rather than playing domestic cricket or these little sort of warm-up games and inter-squad games. Hopefully, at some point in the next few months, well, maybe not this summer, over the winter, or I might have to wait till the next summer, I don't know, but just getting out in a Guernsey shirt as a squad um, will, be, will be fun. Um, you know, even things like picking a squad, which we haven't been able to do yet, we've had a sort of wider squad, yeah. we've left yeah. it open because we haven't had any cricket. Um, so again, just as soon as we get something to gear up towards, I think that'd be that'd be a great um, excitement for, for me and Pasty and, and you guys as well as the players. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and then we'll see what cricket awaits us. Really, we're not we're a bit in the dark at the moment in terms of things that are being rescheduled and postponed and what happens. Yes. So we've sort of got to react a little bit to how the ICC do it. But um, yeah. yeah, it's obviously hard to sort of tell what's next uh, with people not being able to travel at the moment. Um, as we said, we're pretty fortunate. We're actually going back to normal as of tomorrow. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be living in our own Guernsey or Bailiwick bubble um, pretty normally, uh, which would be quite nice. Bowled him! Beautiful bit of bowling from William Peatfield. The stump comes crashing out the ground and that's a big wicket here in Guernsey versus Denmark at the KG5. That's the first wicket. Letizier is the one who strikes, he gives it a big celebration, he writes it up in a book, he notes it down and sends them off. You can add Manpreet Singh to that list. That's the breakthrough Letizier needed, that's the breakthrough Guernsey needed, and that's the breakthrough that Mark Ladder to my left wants a big smile on his face. And a wonderful shot there. Cover drive for four. Stokes already finding the boundary twice in this game. If we look back at some sort of memories and stuff, uh, growing up, playing any other sports at all, or was it always sort of cricket? Oh, no, I played tennis. I actually gave up cricket for a little bit as a 12 or 13 year old. I played tennis. It's good to hear. Um, but I'm <laughs> hesitant. We've all mention, been there. I was going to say, hesitant to mention that with you because I know you're a tennis bagger as well. Um, but I did play tennis for a little while. It wasn't too bad. Um, I think I've sort of got better hand eye as a in all sports than I have any technique in terms of cricket. Yeah, which, which, which actually helps as well. So it's, it's sort of a study that um, particularly we're quite keen here at Guernsey Cricket, obviously, to, to promote players playing other sports. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and getting that sort of cross-sports um, transition of skills, really. Um, so, yeah, that's actually quite interesting that you, you say that as well. Yeah, I, no, I enjoyed my tennis and, and then just sports at school. You know, yeah. Decent goalkeeper when I played football at school. And, and again, that was just yeah, a bit of hand-eye, really. That was almost cricket yeah. building. Um, I was always a better fielder than I was a batter and bowler, so I think that helped. Yeah, so you obviously did um, some, you toured a little bit with the Guernsey age groups. Uh, any yeah. tours in the UK or anything like uh, that? that just doing? the sort of the classic, we went to Taunton and just places yeah. like that. Just really. going to the Taunton Festival, that was a good yeah, one. Yeah, and I actually went back, when my first job was coaching Surrey, I went back to Taunton as, a, as an age group coach, which was a surreal experience having having played there. We were like sleeping in the same dormitory. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, going to that same canteen um, so that was quite a fun little experience to go back there having played there as an 11 year old or a 12 year old or whatever it was Favourite cricketing memories that really stand out from the rest? Yeah probably more as a coach than a player like I said I just sort of age group cricket and few trips to England and, and it's probably a pretty standard a pretty standard age group cricketer so nothing really stood out there but as a coach we I was lucky enough to have coached at Lords a few times and we've won 
first time our coach and lords was for Oxford Uni in the varsity match that we won by one wicket in the last over, which was a pretty cool experience just to just keep just the lunches are daunting. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard good things about yeah, lunches. Unbelievable things. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's, it's all true. Um, and then probably winning winning the fifty over comp in New Zealand again, which was which was an unbelievable game down in Otago. Um, I think we had them seventy for five or six or something, and they recovered for about two thirty, and it ends up being a really nervy chase. We lost a few as well early on. Um, we needed ends up needing a run a ball, and then it crept up seven eight and over, and done yeah. eight nine, and put on a little partnership, and, and we got over line in the last couple of overs, and, and that was a great great day out, and that was my first televised game that I coached right. in. And, just a cool experience around first, um, yeah, first time in the, in the South Island, and you know, getting your little ID to get you through all the all the security and that sort of thing. That was that was pretty fun. Um, the only other one I can think of is early days of coaching. We coached Oxford, I coached Oxford University, and it was back in um, post 2013-14 Ashes when KP got kicked out of the England no, side. Yeah, and he was sort of that start of that season. He was maybe committed to playing for Surrey again and making his comeback and all the stuff in the press about him trying to score runs and force his way back into the side. So he decided to play the warm-up game against Oxford. Um, and we were at the university free ground and so many people turned up. We, you know, we had security on, which I'd, I'd never experienced before. Um, but that was just you know, a cool day out to have the yeah. news cameras there as I was probably 19 at the time and just... just didn't he get, did he get... Is that the one he got like a double hundred or something? He got 170 odd. Um, he got 300 against Leicestershire the following week um, but he got 170 odd and he was just I think we again we had him 30 for 3 or 30 for 4 or something and he just came in and I was I remember I was in the nets working with some of the batsmen and, and he blocked a few and he you know, just drove a few and he just looked up and suddenly he was on 16 he hadn't even realised yeah. um, and he got to 100 and he sort of realised it was a fun game so I started Switch hitting and, and just toying with people. He was, I think he was reverse sweeping our off spinner uh, behind square, so he moved a bit of behind square and he went in front square. And he was coaching our, I think, coaching our off spinner as well. I went to have set fields to him. Um, just a bit of bit of chat. I don't think our off spinner appreciated very much. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, just like, yeah. But on reflection, even though it was a, it was a bit of a battering, it was a fun day out. And then any funny stories from cricket uh, on I'm the just pitch? I'm wasting or... my funny story now, Phillips. Um, <laughs> I don't got much else for you. Um, I don't think I don't think you don't get it as much as a coach. Though, I you're sort a, of I bit, a bit a, out of the loop. As a coach, you're all bit, you're a bit above it, aren't you? Or below it, or yeah. just excluded from it. One of the yeah. one of the three. Um, I think I think you've got to be a little bit boring as a coach, unfortunately. Um, which is not to, like had great times, and you know, lots yeah. of. Friends and, and memories and you know, go and chat off, just hang out. I think it's having that sort of uh, that distance so they respect you as a coach. You yeah, you're not their best to, mate as well. Yeah, you've got to maintain something, um, which is, yeah. Trickery in Guernsey as well. Uh, yeah, you can't get involved with too many practical jokes and stuff yeah. like that, um, which is not to say it's my fun, but yeah. Um, who's the best, usually we ask best player you've played with or against. What about coached or... Um, being like it's a KP there, obviously playing against. Yeah, was... I've coached against you know a hell of a lot of good players. Just I think cricket's a pretty small world. So by the time you've done a season of counter cricket or a season of 
first half cricket in New Zealand, you've probably coached against enough internationals that you could fulfil a decent side. Um, in terms of skill level, I think Misha's probably tough to look past. Yeah. It's the way it's the ball. I think we I remember saying, you know, having a few chats with players back when I was in Wellington about, you know, he could he could win a World Cup pretty much um, yeah, on his own on his day. And he almost did, didn't he? <laughs> he came out about that super over and I had a few mixed feelings about um, who I was supporting and stuff like that. But yeah, and then like I say, Jeets, Jeet Patel was just on another level in terms of his knowledge of the game. And, yeah. and he was a little bit old school, um, but he was big into sort of respecting the game and, and doing things the right way. Um, so yeah, he was probably the person I've learned the most from. Yeah, so that was actually going to be sort of my next question, was the, the best coach you've you've worked with. Um, would, that, would that be G? Oh, he wasn't even a coach at the time, but yeah, he probably is, um, is the most knowledgeable. Oh, I'm trying to think who else. The, the head coach of the Firebirds was probably another one, Bruce Edgar, who is probably not known over here, but was a sort of stalwart, played in the, the New Zealand team of the, I think the 80s, which before this current team was probably the, the, the great New Zealand side. He was on 100 not out at the other end, which I only learned um, towards the end of my time in Wellington, but he was on 100 something not out at the other end of the underarm game. Right. He non-strikers in. Right. He scored 100. Um, so he, he remember that only came up because he had asked, asked, kept getting asked of interviews for it and documentaries and look backs at, for that game. Um, but, and then he went on from playing for New Zealand to being a New Zealand selector um, to then coaching Wellington. So he was a sort of, you know, a very highly respected figure in, in New Zealand cricket and he obviously knew a lot and learned a lot from him as well. So, so sort of moving from uh, when you played and then obviously being a very young coach, uh, a lot of people move into coaching when they're a little bit older, um, sort of like their, their second career if you like. Yeah. Um, how did you find that? Did you find you got respect from players? Or yeah, well, a lot of people are better cricketers than me, so, <laughs> so some of us haven't got the option of a 20-year career. Um, oh, it was, yeah, I definitely had to I think probably putting a few extra hours of just finding your finding your role probably yeah. and at first it was you know you're almost pally with the players and, and you don't get involved in the selection and stuff and and it allows you to be a bit more on a sort of players level because you, they know you're not selecting the side you're just there to, to help them out and you get to chat cricket and stuff like that um, obviously once you get a bit older and I'm probably at that stage now especially over here where I've had the experience of, of high level cricket and I've sort of got to come back come back down and have a not authority but just a little bit of be able to input and select a side and, and stuff like that so it's probably less of a problem now than it, than it was um, but yeah it's just you've just got to be a bit smart I think and, and find a role yeah and obviously over here you're probably working with some players that you've probably played with uh, yeah I remember you as a few groups above me actually <laughs> when, when we were at school and yeah, unfortunately for me, I still am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually, you know, I was expecting it to be a bit weirder than it, than it has yeah. been. Um, I remember not not being apprehensive, but being sort of wondering what, how, it would, yeah. how it would play out and, and wondering if I'd have to earn a bit more respect and stuff like yeah. that again. Um, but you know what? Everyone's been, been amazing. You know, people have bought, really bought into what we've been me passively trying to say and, and do yeah. and coaching we've done um, so it's worked out a lot better than, than I thought it could have done 
Yeah, and obviously I think the time away probably would have aided that a bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously yeah. not being around so much, people would have probably <laughs> known what you were, what you were up to. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's been, um, yeah, I've been made to feel very welcome. Um, in terms of players who've played against, uh, who's the quickest bowler you've ever sort of seen or been involved oh, with? Um, that's a good question. Who's the quickest bowler? I mean, we actually had a guy, again, I'm, I'm going to make a really boring answer to quite a good question because it's a guy you won't have heard of, but um, a guy called Ben Sears down in, in, in Wellington who was a young guy who bowled very quick. Um, apart from that, it's probably guys who we've played against more than anything. Guys like Lockie Ferguson or people in yeah. Kansas cricket have been very quick. Um, again, nothing... I don't, know, I don't have any amazing, yeah, yeah, amazing names for you really, apart from apart from probably I mean, guys we played against. Lockie Ferguson's a pretty pretty big name. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of batting, was there someone that you you know every time you come up against or you've been around that you just think oh, this guy's something else? The, you know what the guy um, who I thought was probably on another level and, and sort of called playing international cricket before he was before he was on a radar was probably Devin Conway who's just like I say just been yeah. up on on the New Zealand contracts but and, and he and I used to get on really well um, in New Zealand we spent a lot of time around each other's houses and and I was I was just there on my own without my girlfriend so I spent a lot of time with Doug Wheeling giving his, <laughs> his missus which, uh, which got a few fines uh, <laughs> in fines meetings with the players but um, yeah we still we still chat quite frequently now and, but he like I say I think he led the run scoring charts in Every format for the last two yeah. years, yeah. New Zealand. So he, um, you know, I'm hoping he he gets a chance with the, with the Black Caps pretty soon. Yeah, and there's a lot of hype around him. Actually, I read quite a few articles on him. Yeah, there's, there's a reasonable amount of hype. Yeah. Um, so his his story was it, did he actually move from Stafford? You say? Yeah, he grew up in Johannesburg, um, and probably like a lot of these these South Africans, probably didn't feel like he was getting an opportunity over there. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's been a bit of a history of South Africans playing for New Zealand, like. Same way that there has been in Open UK, um, so yeah, he'll um, he'll be worth a watch. Yeah, and then in in terms of uh, our season at the moment, obviously it's not looking like we're going to have anything Guernsey based, um, but there's still going to be a, like a nine week uh, club season. That must be pretty exciting to you know see a bit of club cricket and see see these guys that like you said that have been training probably pretty hard over the winter uh, and now obviously over the summer. Um, and actually get out there and see if their skills sort of can back up in match practice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to get out and watch the cricket and give my shoulder a rest for you for doing all these one-to-ones <laughs> over, over lockdown and, and since those restrictions have been lifted and actually get out and watch, watch the cricket and chat to guys and, and like I say, see them play. Yeah, and then with that, obviously, we had an under-19 tournament which, which was called uh, or postponed, shall I say, this year. Um, again, that would have been quite an exciting one. I think that was in Denmark. So yeah, again, another another weird place that you can yeah. only get to with with associate cricket, which is which is a fun one. Um, yeah, hopefully that that goes ahead again early next year, and hopefully it's it's somewhere we get to we get to go. It's an interesting place, or or maybe we host it here. I don't really know what the plan is, but um, yeah, either way, like I said, hopefully getting getting the squad together back together since lockdown now and yeah. start building up towards that whenever that happens. Um, yeah, like I said, we've got to be a bit reactive really, haven't we? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. What we can plan for, which is probably appreciate being able to watch the cricket and, and stuff like that. 
And then finally, we sort of always ask people to come up with their greatest teams they've played with and against. Uh, obviously, for you, more of a coaching background. Uh, if you could name your sort of greatest team uh, that you've coached uh, with or against. Um, and obviously, if you want to dive into any of those players as to why you picked them. Yeah, well, you know, you, you gave me a, a lot of warning about this. You gave me about eight <laughs> weeks of warning. And because you gave me so long, I actually put it off until about half an hour ago um, when I had to... <laughs> to quickly scribble something down so I've got some got some notes on my phone which there's every chance I've forgotten several names but we'll, we'll go for it anyway um, I've opened the batting with Tom Blundell yeah. hopefully speaks for itself the guy I've opened batting against Australia and scored 100 in the boxing test um, and Hassan Azad who I've coached at Loughborough who's a good friend of mine um, I'd say sort of broke through for, for Leicester uh, last season, summer of 2019, scored a lot of runs and, and I think has been mentioned in terms of some potential England stuff at some point. He faces, he's probably a quite old tour and he's, he's a bit unorthodox. He faces a hell of a lot of balls. Um, yeah. Has an unbelievable temperament for sort of red ball cricket. Um, he came over, he was a Pakistan born and came over and was with the Knox Academy and got released. And I think he was sort of so unorthodox that teams didn't really want to take a take a fly on him and in the end he had to score a lot of runs for Loughborough and a lot of runs trialling in second over cricket to, to get a chance so he's probably 25 now I think and only just had his first season but um, probably his work ethic has paid off Is that the way cricket's going as well that you know um, obviously Steve Smith sort of led it where technique sort of gone a little bit out the window but not so much um, it's more technique in terms of the coaching terminology more technique uh, on impact is you know, yeah, I think impact. I think people misunderstand. I think I probably have rants about this to you actually. I think I, people probably misunderstand what technique is. Yeah. So Steve Smith is the example that annoys me a bit when people say his technique's no good, but he scores runs. But I actually think the things that you know, the things that you need to do to accomplish technically, he does. He, his head is still on release. He makes contact directly under his eyes. His back comes through nice and straight. I think other than that, you probably don't need a lot technically. That I think that probably is good technique for me. Um, other stuff can be prettier, um, but that's what I think I've tried to get across to all our players, all our under-19s. Yeah. Um, it's it's just those sort of non-negotiables, and then everything else. If you, you know, if you, as a batsman especially, if you if you do those non-negotiables, then you can probably get away with everything else, and you can hit as hard as you like. And, score runs um, but it's nice to actually since being again it's nice to see those messages sort of filter through and I know one of one of the island players who, who I've spent a lot of time doing one-to-ones with did a one-to-one the other day and I saw that the guy who was doing a one-to-one with was working on the stuff that I've done with that player so it's all sort yeah. of filtering down um, which is nice to see and hopefully I'm right because <laughs> if I'm not yeah. it's uh it's, no, it's I, think, I, wrong, but... I think it is right. It doesn't really matter what you do before the ball sort of has uh, been yeah. released. Uh, you can be as funky as you like, as long as, so, you know, on impact of, of that ball hitting your bat, is you've got those key fundamental things that you just listed. Absolutely. Um, so I've gone with, like I say, a, a bit of unorthodoxy in, in Blundell and Azad both. And uh, Devon Conway, who we've talked about already, back three. Um, and then Nitish Kumar, who, again, I've mentioned briefly, but was played in yeah. Canada and was captain of Canada for a while. Um, and he was another one who was unbelievably talented um, probably had 
most of the counties, I think, offering the contracts, but just couldn't get a British passport, so had to sort of go away to Canada. And again, was a little bit probably in the wilderness, just playing yeah. in Canada, not having another passport to go go and play anywhere else, but managed to get a gig in the Caribbean Premier League and um, which had done well. And obviously, they got that Can- uh, Canadian T20 League as well, which is done well off the back of. So, um, did you say he was the youngest uh, World Cup? Yeah, appearance I, as well. Yeah, I, th- I think this is right. This could be could have made this up, but he <laughs> definitely he played as in the World Cup as a fifteen-year-old, I think, and faced Brett Lee and that sort of Australian tackle in yeah. twenty eleven. And I, I think the stat is that he's the youngest player to play in the World Cup. But I'm don't quote me on that. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm either read that on the internet or dreamt it or <laughs> heard it from him. One of the one of the three. So um, number five. She was number four, number five. I've got uh, Adam Hose, who was our overseas player, uh, overseas pro for, for Wellington. Um, I think averaged like 52 or something in, in the T20 cricket we played. Um, again, he just, he, I was impressed by how he knew his game so well. He managed to time moments. Something I've tried to talk about with, with you guys, I think, probably in terms of knowing your game and playing proper shots. And I think he timed his run chases. There were times when he yeah. Sort of assess the, the pitch or assess the wickets that were going to the other end, and, and he just managed to time it so well every time that he would never go too early and he would never leave it too late. Yeah, and he, he always managed to, to get, get us up to a score when we were struggling. Um, and he's obviously scored runs for Warwickshire as well, and yeah, yeah, and, and got a hundred ball contract. So, um, he's he's in the five, um, and a six, Jimmy Nisham, which I yeah. he probably speaks for himself. <laughs> um, given that six for New Zealand. Um, bowls well as well. Um, probably potentially gets a bad rap sometimes. I think in, in New Zealand because he got left outside and so I think he came quite close to, to retiring at one stage. Sort of fell out of love with the game a lot. Um, but when he's when he's on and, and he's sort of been back for the last eighteen months or so and he's a very good player. Um, seven, I've got James Bracey, who is like I said, yeah. he's just been named in that England squad. Um, he's my keeper. Gonna be tough for him to to get uh, further with England probably at the moment with Butler, Bairstow, folks. Yeah, they need a few more keepers, don't yeah. they? <laughs> um, but I think he's probably been picked on potential more than anything as well. Yeah. He's probably played at one full season really of county cricket. Done very well in the in the white ball stuff. He did well with the Lions as well in the winter. Yeah, did quite well. Lions, he's a good keeper. Um, um, <laughs> Sorry, lad. He's trying to speak to me. There. <laughs> I really thought I was like, make sure write your name down. Sorry, so. <laughs> just for the tape, Mark Latter looks like he's like cryptic messages to us, but he's actually not. He's trying to pass a message, but it's a note for himself. He wants to be um, in at number nine. <laughs> yeah, number nine. I've actually got Mark Latter now after, after he's put me with my job. Um, no, number nine. I've got gone with Jeet Patel, um, or number eight. Sorry, Jeet Patel. Uh, again, just we just bowl all day. Um, I think we eat him in, especially in T20 cricket, because he bowls quick now. Yeah. Um, I think we can almost eat him in for four overs, two for 25, just yeah. every game, just guaranteed, um, um, just reliable as anything, and, and again, unbelievable knowledge of the game and, and insight into what's about to happen next and, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Would, the amount of times, um, you know, while we were batting, I would sit next to him and we would just take bets on, not not bets but you know what's going to happen next what's going to happen next ball the amount of times you would call it just based on the field and what's the ball being bowled and and just little things like that was was scary almost scary how accurate he could be um 
number nine, ten, eleven. I've just gone with three seamers. Um, Sam Cook, Bresset, yeah. who I've coached at Loughborough. Um, again, not quick. Probably struggling to get. No, he's probably one of those county bowlers who you think if he had a yard or extra pace would, would really push for England. But as it happens, just really accurate. Nibbles it around both ways, swings it, um, doesn't leave an area um, in white ball cricket or red ball cricket. Oh, Hamish Bennett, who played for us yeah. in, New, in New Zealand again, just recently actually, the, the last few games New Zealand have played in, in, in India, I think they played some white ball cricket, and he got, he got a recall. Um, again, very good bowler, unbelievable white ball, got a great knuckleball, um, bowled quite quick, heavy length. Um, and then number 11, I was sort of having an argument about an extra bowler to fit in, and do I go someone at Loughborough or, or Burlington, or do I try and shoot one in Tom from Guernsey, just, just to complete the list? In the end, I've sort of cheated slightly because I haven't... Um... Mark, Mark Latter. That's <laughs> 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 is pushing, pushing for Guernsey again, here as a bowler this time. Um, I've cheated slightly by going with someone from Northampton, even though I, you know, I, I don't think I can claim I've coached him, um, but he was so good, I've gone with Ben Sanderson, who loved just said a few minutes ago it's not necessarily a household name but I think if you saw him bowl yeah. you would realise the skill of just you know a county bowler to, to do that similar to Sam Cook maybe maybe a touch quicker but just accurate swings it both ways nips it around you know accurate white book as well got a Yorker and a slow ball um, horrible to hit to because it just wobbles it just like just yeah. past the stumps and it wobble both ways and up and down um and at times you really put your thumb and stuff as a, as a mitter. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably, unless I missed anyone, like I said, I did, did, did do this in not, not very long at all. I hope I haven't missed anyone um, other than that, obviously. Um, <laughs> you might get in as well, man. Just carry the drinks <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, he's probably... He can, he can, to be fair, he usually does that on Saturday. He, he brings the drinks <laughs> out, organises the teas. He can organise that team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, that's my 11. Hopefully, I haven't missed anyone. No, good stuff. Thank you very much for uh, taking time out, jumping on in between your sessions today. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Guernsey Cricket Podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button and stay safe.